Hey freaks, happy Friday. My name is Alyssa Canova and this is Freaks and Shrieks, the podcast where I tell you about some horror movies that I watched this week. Did everyone have a fun Halloween? I can't believe how quickly it passed us by. I really didn't do much at all. It was very low-key over here. Um, I didn't even watch any horror movies that day because I was I was just a little burnt out from it. But, um, you know, I'm always sad to see Halloween pass because it's like my favorite holiday and now it's just going to be cold winter for months. Um, but luckily, curling up and watching a horror movie will always be in season, at least for me. One trope in horror that I love to see is when they take like a silly little slumber party game and make it something like serious and deadly. So this week I decided to watch Would You Rather from 2012 and Truth or Dare from 2018. So without further ado, as Taylor Swift would say, let the games begin. So Would You Rather from 2012 stars Brittany Snow. And I love Britney Snow. I loved her in Prom Night, the like 2008 remake of Prom Night. Um, that was one of like my first horror movies that I ever really loved, which made me love like the slasher genre. Um, and you know, she's just so pretty. And but like she's also come back, and she was in X. So I guess she has like a fondness for horror. And you know, I love that. You know, I love like a good solid actress who like dabbles more in horror than the average person. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. But anyway, she plays this character who she's like desperate for a job. Um she dropped out of college because her brother got really sick and so she moved home to take care of him because like apparently there was an accident and her parents are gone. So it's just her and her really sick brother and it's obviously really hard. Sorry y'all. Across the street from me, all the way across the street, the um the like buzzer system for this apartment, it like I guess it's like hooked up to people's phones, but like you can hear the ringing from all the way across the street. So I can't even imagine how loud it is actually like over there in front of the door. But every time someone decides to buzz this building, I have to hear a phone ringing um, and then I have to hear a voicemail you know, voice say, sorry, the person you reached is not available right now. Or I have to hear, sorry, uh, this number is not in service. And you have to hear that sound all the way across the street. Like I can't, like, I don't understand. Can someone turn the volume down? Um, but anyway, (laughs) I digress back to Brittany Snow. Okay. So, so she gets called in to the, uh, the doctor's office where her brother's being treated. And apparently the doctor is going to talk to her about ways that she can cut costs for his treatment um because apparently he needs a transplant um but when she gets to his office there's so there's a um there's this uh, creepy rich guy there he's just um he's got a, like a thin mustache and a handkerchief and this guy is going to be our villain as far as villains go i don't like him um he's played by uh jeffrey combs um which is not someone i'm very familiar with but it's like it's like he's like the villain in like an insurance commercial, like not in like a real movie. I just I don't know. He's not my fave. But anyway, he, of course, you know, offers her um, or he invites her to this dinner party where he says, you know, she has to come alone. But all the other guests are going to be other people that are like down on their luck and they're all going to play a game and someone will get to walk away with a bunch of money. So, you know, how could that possibly go wrong? Um, but, you know, a couple days later or maybe the day later or maybe the same day, I don't really know. Time kind of gets lost in this one. Um, when she finds out that she's not a match for the transplant that her brother needs, she's like, okay, like we really, really need this money. So she decides to go to this dinner. She gets picked up and brought to this like very fancy, not even a house. It's more like a country club type situation. And she's the eighth and last person to arrive. And so she meets the other guests. There are these two younger guys that she's chatting with. Um, they've both been flown in from out of state. Um, there's also this uh, older guy. There's a much older woman in a wheelchair. There's a young veteran guy. There's a goth girl. And then there's Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. But he's wearing like a suit and tie. Looks super uncomfortable. And they're all just hanging out in this like, you know, whatever, cocktail area. Um, 
and then they all get told that they need to leave their possessions behind. So they put all their stuff in a bowl and they get led into the dining room. But behind the scenes where we are seeing like the uh, the villain guy with the mustache, I'm just going to call him must- mustache. So mustache is having a weird conversation with this guy who appears to be his son. Um, and is basically like, you need to be on your best behavior, whatever. Um, so back in the dining room, uh, the old guy, like one of the guests, he like peeks behind the curtain and he just sees like unfinished plywood, like something is untoward, but mustache walks in with the guy who is his son, Julian. Um, they serve everyone some wine and then they bring out the food, which is steak with foie gras. Now I'm not fancy. I obviously had to look up what foie gras even is and probably how to pronounce it. Um, it's goose liver. So, um, and Brittany Snow, she's really not too keen on that because she's a vegetarian. She weighs, <laughs> she raises her little hand and is like, oh, sorry, I probably should have mentioned this, but I am a vegetarian. Um, and, you know, everyone kind of just snickers at her and she's like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll just eat the mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and so this is when Mustache starts tormenting her and he's like, well, how about I'll give you $10,000 if you eat the steak and the foie gras and she does it and he mocks her for it because he just loves to play with poor people. I mean, I guess that's the whole thing of this movie. He's like, you pitiful little bitch. You're gonna, you're gonna give up your morals for a mere $10,000. Like I know your brother is dying, but don't you look like an idiot. A butler literally just brings her a stack of bills. And so next, Mustache decides to hone in on the old guy who is not drinking his wine and, you know, exposes him for being an alcoholic, which the guy doesn't really want to talk about. Basically, he offers him $10,000 to finish his glass of wine. Um, the guy is really just like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. And Mustache is like, well, this girl over here just gave up on her vegetarianism for $10,000 and you're not going to drink one glass of wine. And, you know, he's like, obviously it's very different. I'm an addict. And he's like, okay, well, how about I give you $50,000 if you drink this entire decanter of whiskey? And is like, he's like, that's like a pretty good dent in the debts that you owe and the reason that you're here, the reason why you're begging for my money. So, What's the problem? Momentary lapse, falling off the barrel, $50,000. Or, you know, you can just drink the wine and take 10000 So the guy starts chugging from the decanter. He's like, okay, $50,000, fine. So the entire time through dinner, he is just drinking just like half a gallon of whiskey. Um, and so once dinner is over, Mustache announces that the game has not officially begun. You know, that was just a little appetizer. Um, but then he starts to explain what the game is. Um, and it's just, would you rather, you know? So anyway, we all know how to play would you rather, right? Someone asks you a question, you have to choose between two horrible options. But you know, you never actually have to do the thing. It's it's kind of just like a, a mental exercise. But of course, in this game, you actually have to do the thing that you say you would rather do. And you will only have 15 seconds to decide. And if you refuse to decide, you will get eliminated. Um, And he said that this game is about decision-making in its rawest form. So he gives them all a chance to bow out. He says, any one of you can leave right now if you don't want to get into it. And the drunk guy almost does, but he doesn't. He decides to stay. So then one of the butlers rolls in with something under like a black tablecloth. And when he pulls off the cloth, it's like a it's like a tricked out car battery. And the drunk man is like, oh, y'all are going to torture us. So I'm going to go. And they're like, no, no, no. Your chance to leave has already passed. You can't do that. So he puts up a little fight and then he gets shot dead. So no one is leaving now. Everyone is um, in their seats sitting still. Um, So they put on the first guy at this table, they put a like a um, like a headband on him that is hooked up to this tricked out car battery. And then they put another headband on another person. And then they put two buttons in front of you and they say, would you rather electrocute yourself or electrocute the person next to you? 
So this guy is um, faced with either electrocuting himself or the goth girl, and he decides to electrocute himself. So the goth girl keeps her headband on, and then they put the next headband on the person next to her, who is the old lady in the wheelchair. And goth girl has just been spared from being electrocuted, but she does not even hesitate to electrocute the old lady. And she doesn't even do like a quick little zap. No, she holds her finger down on that button. She is a sadist. So this poor little old woman, she's just like on the brink of death. And they put the next headband on Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. And so the old lady decides that she's going to electrocute him. Fair choice. She is so close to death. Um, so it goes around the whole table. And finally, we're at Brittany Snow and the guy who was the first to electrocute himself. And she decides to electrocute herself instead of electrocuting him. So we kind of see, like, m most of the people here um, are looking out for, like, the best interests of the group. Like, aside from the goth girl, she's a fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> she doesn't care about anyone. Everyone else is, like, still acting like they're looking out for each other, you know? So for before the next round starts, they start laying, like, plastic around everything which is never a good sign and daddy's boy starts to taunt the poor people he's like you're here begging for handouts and yet you're gonna get mad when we electrocute you to the brink of death fucking pigs anyway so the next round starts and everyone will get 30 seconds to decide and Brittany snow is asked um, they put an ice pick in front of her and they also put this big long like African whipping staff and they ask her if she'd rather stab the guy to her left with the ice pick or beat the guy to her right with this stick three times. And, and you know, they're all talking about it and they like figure like there's apparently there's a major artery in your thigh. If anyone gets stabbed there, they might not have very long to go. So she decides she is going to whip this guy with the stick and they show her exactly how to do it so that, you know, she actually hurts him. So yeah, she beats him three times with a stick and, you know, lashes like through his shirt. It's gross. It looks very painful. Um, and so then the next guy gets offered basically the same thing. But this time, like they can choose to either stab Brittany in the leg with an ice pick or beat the same guy with the same stick three more times. And so no one wants to stab anyone still. So he goes and he, he lashes this guy three more times and he's just getting weaker and weaker as it goes. He's just, his back is being torn to shreds. And the guy who's getting uh, lashed is the, uh, the like war veteran. And you know, he, he's being a trooper, literally. He's just like, come on, I, I know, I know you have to make this choice. Just like fucking get it over with. And when it's his turn, he gets offered to stab the guy that just whipped him or take three more lashings for himself. And he decides to take three more. And the guy is like, please stab me. It's okay. <laughs> um, but he had already, his decision was final. So this time the butler takes the stick and really like lays into him. So the whole time that we're like at this dinner party, we keep getting cut shots of this doctor from the beginning of the movie. But you know, the guy who basically is selling out all these poor people to uh, get tortured and murdered by this sadistic rich freak who's funding his hospital or whatever um hey you know his he finally has a conscience or whatever so he gets a gun and he's lurking around the property I guess to like put an end to this and it's kind of like I don't know maybe get some backup I don't know why you're playing hero I don't know I don't know why you think you can you can save everybody um it's foolish so anyway next we get to is this Ricky Bobby? Listen, I, I will have to tell you the truth. I've actually never seen Trailer Park Boys. Um, I just know, like, this, you know, this guy's face is is very recognizable. Um, but is that is that who Ricky Bobby is? Is that the same as Ricky from Trailer Park, Park Boys? Or is Ricky Bobby a totally different person? No, because Ricky Bobby's Will Ferrell, isn't it? Y'all... Yeah, no, Ricky Bobby is Will Ferrell. Okay, never mind. We're just Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. He um, you know, he has to decide whether to give this poor guy who's now taken nine lashings to give him some more lashings and he is like literally dying before their eyes or he can stab the old lady in the wheelchair in the thigh. Um and he's he figures, you know, this guy can't take that many more lashings and this woman she's in a wheelchair she is um 
she's paralyzed from the waist down, so she wouldn't be able to feel anything. But he is, you know, worried, of course, that if he stabs her, she might bleed out, and she is really old. But um, he decides to stab her. So he stabs her, and then they, um, then he, like, takes his belt off to try and, like, make like a tourniquet for her so that she doesn't lose too much blood but time is already ticking and it's the old lady's turn to decide what to do and she takes that ice pick and she stabs that goth bitch who fucking electrocuted her but as soon as she stabs her she elbows her right in the face because you know she's just she just has to be a bitch I don't understand what her fucking problem is I actually I do we'll learn later what her problem is but she gets stabbed and immediately elbows this old lady in the face and it's like okay no one else was throwing elbows, you cunt, but whatever. So this old lady is like knocked out, like knocked out in her wheelchair. So now it's goth bitch's turn and um, she decides to take the ice pick. Um, they say that, you know, same thing. She can either give the same guy three more lashings or she can take the ice pick and stab anyone in the thigh she can pick who she wants and so she targets sweet little Brittany Snow and you know Brittany is like begging her to not do it um and she looks up at mustache and she's like can I stab her anywhere and he's like "Mm, very interesting yeah sure anywhere from the neck down so she just gives her like a quick jab to the side because like homegirl she is not here to make friends she is here to be America's next top model so poor old lady in the wheelchair is now dead she has lost pulse so they roll her out of there and the next the last person has to decide whether to whip that guy who is the guy who's been whipped he is now laying face down on the floor he is down for the count um or stab someone so they whip the guy that is already on the floor he's not dead yet but, you know, he will be dead soon, probably. Um, and he definitely can't play. So they just move his body out. And so at this point, they decide, like, they all try to, like, make a run for it. But that just ends with another guy shot dead. Uh, but Britt was able to run away. So she is, like, running through this big, like, estate. And, you know, one of the butlers is following her. But eventually, Daddy's boy finds her and attacks her. And then the doctor, who's trying to play hero, shows up. But he immediately gets shot by the butler. Like, he is like, oh, I'm here to save the day. Boom. Gone. Dead. On the ground. And so they they, they pull daddy's boy off of uh, Brittany and bring her back into the game. And he's, like, bitching about it because he's like, oh, she can do whatever she wants and she doesn't get punished. But apparently this kid has, like, a history of raping the girls that his dad brings over um and so after Brittany gets brought back to the dining room table and they tell mustache what his son tried to do he goes and i guess chastises his son and then he comes and he talks to Brittany and he puts a like a hand on her shoulder he's like i want to apologize for my son he uh he hasn't been the the same since his mother died and 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 sometimes he comes on too strong and it's like oh oh that's why your son has no respect for human life because his mother died not because you bring people into this building to regularly torture and murder them. No, 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 no. It can't be your fault at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> because cause you would never rape women. You're just going to torture and murder them. <laughs> God forbid. So anyway, the next round, um, they roll in a barrel of water, like one of those big old timey barrels filled up with water. And mustache says the next round is about choosing between the known and the unknown so everyone gets an envelope in front of them with a card in it and they have to choose between doing what's on the card which they don't know what it says yet or being held underwater for two minutes so the first guy who is faced with the choice he is like an avid gambler this is this is ricky from trailer park boys and so he's going through He's like talking through his thought process, right? And it's very much like that scene in Labyrinth where she's talking to the, the, the goblin, the one that always tells the truth and the one that always tells a lie. And it's like, oh, well, if I listen to you, then, then, then you, or if I ask you this question, then you're going to have to tell me the truth. He's basically doing all this mental gymnastics where it's like, obviously you want me to choose the barrel um, because that seems like it's going to be less risky than whatever's in this card. But I surmise that you would have figured out that I would have figured this out. So I'm going to go with what's in the card. And it's like, okay, shut up. Just like your 30 seconds is ticking, man. So he opens up his little envelope and 
on the card it's like a monopoly card with a picture of a firecracker on it and mustache says that this means he has to hold a firecracker in his hand while it goes off and you know ricky from trailer park boys is like oh saturday night no big deal but then when they hand him the firecracker he's like um this is actually a quarter stick of dynamite and they're like hmm, huh, yeah so it is um and he can't just hold it in his hand they have to duct tape it to his hand so they do that and he lights the fuse and when it goes off you know, he kind of just u- loses a couple fingies. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, I expected at least a whole arm to go. But no, he just loses a couple fingies. But he immediately collapses and has a heart attack. And the heart attack does kill him. So the next guy also decides to go with the card. And it is a picture of an eyeball on the card. And apparently what that means is that he has to slit open his eyeball with a razor blade. So if you've ever seen the cover of this movie, it's like a really close-up view of an eyeball with a razor blade coming at it. So that's this poor bastard. He um obviously he <laughs> keeps screaming. He's like I can't do that. He, he with the same fervor of people who like have like eye things and they're like no, I can't give myself eye drops. You don't understand. I can't do it. You know, but he <laughs> he actually has a razor blade so it's like yeah, no one could do this, buddy. I'm I'm sorry, but he, he does. He does it eventually because he's got a gun to the back of his neck. But honestly, me, I would have taken the shooting. I think I'd rather be shot in the head than slit my own eyeball with a, with a razor blade. That's just, I just, I, I think I'm very confident in that choice. Like, I'll, yeah. Yeah. So now it's Brittany's turn. Um, and she does not gamble with the fucking card. She goes over to that barrel And they hold her face down in it for two minutes. And she's, like, struggling the whole time. It's really hard to watch. But, like, while she's, like, underwater, she's, like, thinking about her brother. And he's thinking about how he told her about how he had this dream where, like, this boat capsized. And he was stuck underneath the boat and just, like, slowly drowning. And, you know, no one expects her to survive this. But she does. She comes out and, you know, she's, you know, a wreck. But she made it. And next they're like, what was on your card? And so she looks at her card and it's a picture of a tooth and mustache is like, oh yeah, that would have meant you had all your teeth extracted. So you chose, you chose well, (laughs) chose well, which is like, that's crazy. All of her teeth, all of them. The other guy only had to do one eyeball, but she has to do all of her teeth. That seems like overkill. So now we have this this goth bitch and she's looking frazzled and it's like oh you're you're scared now you can't um but so she is trying to so the goth girl seems very frazzled she definitely does not want to be held underwater for two minutes like has no qualms about stabbing bitches but talk about holding her underwater she's gonna get a little frazzled she's gonna little get a little get a little nutty about that so as she's like frantically trying to open this card mustache is like taunting her being like yeah two minutes is a long time like how long did it take your husband to drown your little girl and it's like oh fuck well okay so that's why she's got issues but she opens her card and the picture she has is a barrel with a four on it And he says that that means she has to be held underwater for four minutes in the water barrel instead of, you know, the two minutes she could have had. And she's like, that's impossible. And he's like, no, it's possible. Let's like way less than the world record. Um, But they like, like she like screams and they like take, they like push her head into the water as she's like taking a breath. Like she wasn't ready and she dies before even the two minutes are up, I think. Like, doesn't even get close to four minutes before she's just totally out. So, now we just have the guy who has his eye slit open and Brittany Snow. And these two have been, like, looking out for each other, like, the whole movie. So, it's, like, sad that now they probably have to kill each other. They flip a coin to see who goes first, and it is Brittany. So Mustache asks her, would you rather end the game right now? You both walk out of here empty handed with your lives, but no money. Or you can take this dueling pistol right here and you can shoot this other guy right across from you and take all the money yourself. And so, of course, this guy (laughs) starts to like plead for his life. 
And he's like, look, we could end this right now. Like we could leave. This is what we've been trying to do this whole time. We've been trying to get out of here. And look, I know you're here because you need to take care of your brother, but you should know that like I have three sisters and she just shoots him right in the chest. Like he starts to like, he really starts to plead and she's just like, nope, I can't, I can't hear it. And she shoots him fucking dead. And so, <laughs> um, the butler and the mustache, they just like start applauding for her and she just is breaking down crying as she's leaving. Um, they tell her that they're going to get like everything in order for her brother's transplant. And by the time she makes it home, it's daylight. So she peeks into her brother's room and he's turned away sleeping. So she goes to take a shower and she still has this like untreated stab wound in her side, but I guess she's not worried about that at the moment. And then she goes back in the room to check on him. And then she realizes that he's not actually sleeping, but in fact, he has overdosed. She finds him with like vomit on the pillow next to him and like empty pill bottles. And she's like, what did you do? Then an upbeat pop jam takes us right into the credits. (laughs) Can you believe? I mean, talk about devastating. Just this movie, I watched this years and years ago, but it has always stuck with me because anything that has an ending that is so tragic is always going to stick with me this ending is like up there with tragedy as like Stephen King's The Mist maybe not as like impactful just because you know this movie was not a Stephen King (laughs) but still like amazing like because I mean the fucking hell she goes through she's like no I didn't I didn't go this far to not walk away with all the money and she fucking killed a guy And when she gets home and realizes that it's all for nothing. And now she has to live with the fact that like she could be manipulated into doing fucked up shit like that. And she'll never even like have anything to show for it. (sighs) Devastating. Yeah, it's a rough one. But that is uh, that's would you rather. So uh, how about let's get into some truth or dare. Now, Truth or Dare 2018 with Lucy Hale. I thought I had seen this one. It turns out I had not. There are a couple movies called Truth or Dare, and I saw one that came out a few years earlier. Also a horror movie, um, but I think was that, like technically like a TV movie. I mean, I saw it on Netflix. I don't know what the fuck, but um, I think I liked that one a little bit better, but it was less in keeping with like the Truth or Dare lore. And so when I the lore I guess they were playing truth or dare in a way that didn't make sense to me (laughs) um and so I decided to watch the Lucy Hale one because I thought this one was better but then I realized that I've actually never seen it at all this is the one that had all the creepy trailers um with the uh the people whose smiles were getting weird and wide um in like a very like creepy CGI kind of way almost exactly like that movie Smile that came out like last year I mean everyone was talking about seeing Smile I'm like, I feel like I've seen this film before. Turns out I hadn't, but I had seen, you know, a very similar trailer before. And it's like, what is with the creepy wide smile? Because it doesn't really have anything to do with truth or dare. I don't know. I guess it's a feature of this demon Calyx who possesses the game of truth or dare in this movie. Anyway, let's get into it. So we see someone driving fast through the desert and they are either about to cross the border into Mexico or they have just crossed the border into Mexico or whatever. And they get out at this like old rest station. They're wearing a hoodie. They look like a mess. They go in to buy a pack of Rillos and the guy behind the counter gets a phone call and turns back to her and in a creepy demon voice says truth or dare. After which this girl douses the whole place with gasoline and lights a match. So later we see Lucy Hale at her laptop. She's filming this little video. She's preparing to do Habitat for Humanity for a week while her friends go on spring break. But her roommate slash best friend, her name is Marky. She's, you know, irritated that her bestie's not coming to spring break. Um, And then tells her that she actually canceled her Habitat Humanity thing behind her back um, so that she could go to spring break with them. But promises that, you know, they'll do two weeks with her in the summer at Habitat for Humanity if they just come come to spring break with her. Which, like, wow. That is some very supportive friends. Like, is she even, like, paying to stay at this, like, resort? Or are they just, like, putting the bill for her? Like, damn, girly is popular. So we're going out to the car. And we meet the roommate's boyfriend. 
and then there's a gay guy and then there's um so there's a hot couple the roommate has a boyfriend and then there's a gay guy so lucy's like the only single one besides you know the gay guy um so while we get the opening credits we just get like montage footage of them having a super fun hot time in uh mexico for spring break and now we're at this like big club party and and marky the uh roommate best friend the one with a boyfriend is grinded up on some random boy and lucy has to go over there and like pull her away did i say lucy hale stars in this <laughs> i'm sure i did anyway did i mention her fuck ass bob because she's got a fuck ass bob in this movie but anyway so she's you know making sure her best friend doesn't cheat on her boyfriend and then she goes to the bar and this frat boy who apparently goes to school with her starts pestering her and so then this other nice boy like rebuffs the frat boy and then they start chatting and then the friends come over they're trying to all figure out the next move and this guy they just met is like i know a cool place where we can go it's a bit of a hike but it's sick and so he takes them on a hike uh through the beach to this creepy old like beachside what looks like a castle or like a monastery um and the frat boy who they did not invite comes out of the shadows and the nice guy suggests that they all play truth or dare and so they do some silly truth or dare stuff at first like you know the guy has to give another guy a lap dance another guy goes streaking and then when it gets when it gets more serious one of the guys accuses lucy accuses lucy of liking her best friend's boyfriend and then two of the girls have to kiss and then they ask this this new random nice boy they're like what are your intentions with our with our olivia her character's name is olivia i will continue calling her lucy hale just like i did with britney snow because that's the only way i can keep my mind straight um and he says he needed someone with a group of friends and lucy seemed like a pushover and an easy target and he's okay with other people dying so that he can live <laughs> and, and then he starts to leave and lucy is like what the fuck are you talking about and he says once you're in you're in if you don't tell the truth or if you don't do the dare you're gonna die and then he bolts and then lucy like turns around and all her friends are gone um and then like she turns the other direction and they're all standing behind her with those big creepy cgi smiles and then they just appear on the other side of her like normal like they have been there the whole time but before they had like started this game they asked lucy like would she rather like if aliens came down right now and she had a choice between like sacrificing her group of friends or saving the entire population of Mexico, which would she choose? And she said that she would choose the entire population of Mexico. Sorry, guys, but like, I'd rather save a million people than five people, even though I love you. And we kind of get the sense that like, she's probably lying about that, especially because her and her roommate best friend, they have this thing they say to each other where they say, between you and the world, I choose you. So interesting that that's not actually what she would do in that situation. But anyway, so we are back in California on a college campus. And, you know, the gay guy reveals that he has a homophobic cop dad because, of course, he does. Um, but, like, everything has been weird since they got back to town, like, especially between Lucy and Marky. Um, because, you know, apparently Lucy likes her boyfriend or whatever, the boyfriend that she can't stop cheating on. Um, but back at their house, the, the hot couple is also there and the, uh, the hot boyfriend, he has like a prescription pad somehow. And so he like regularly sells prescriptions to people on campus and he like offers Lucy something of it. And she's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> But Lucy has like a stack of mail with a flyer in it that says truth or dare. And then we see Marky, the roommate. She's like longingly watching an old video of her father grilling. And then we learn that he had killed himself, apparently. And, you know, Lucy has been her best friend through all of it. And, you know, Lucy assures her friend that she like doesn't have a thing for her boyfriend or whatever so lucy goes to school and when she comes out of the library she sees truth or dare scratched into the side of her car and that frat boy is like standing right there and so she accuses him of it but he can't even see it right and then she goes into the library looking for marky and everyone starts 
swarming her with those big freaky smiles and asking her over and over and over again truth or dare truth or dare truth or dare and finally she's like truth and they ask what secret does your friend make you hide and she says that she's constantly cheating on on her boyfriend and then the crowd disappears and then we realize she's just standing there in a quiet library and her friend and the boyfriend just heard everything she said um and her friend like storms out and lucy grabs her she's like no i didn't mean to like they made me say it and she's like if you touch me again i'm gonna break your hand and so later that evening we see the frat boy at a bar uh, at like a pool hall and he gets dared he's hitting on this girl and her face you know does that smiley thing and asks truth or dare he picks Dare, and she dares him to stand on the pool table and show everyone his dick. So he goes and gets on the pool table, but before he drops trowel, he starts getting heckled, and he loses his nerve. So he goes to get down from the pool table, and he, um, you know, steps on a ball, trips, falls off, and, you know, hits his neck on the adjacent pool table and dies. And so everyone else gets sent this video... And realize that the game has followed them home, right? And so the scorned boyfriend is walking home when he starts to, like, hear voices. And then he sees Truth or Dare, like, on the graffiti on the wall. Um, And then Truth or Dare starts, like, being, like, burned into his arm. And so he calls Lucy and uh, tells her that this is happening. And then he says, I've always had feelings for you. Um... And I've always wondered what it would be like to be with you instead of Marky. And so she realizes that, like, he answered truth. And this is why he is telling her this. So now that they've both been, like, victims of, like, the truth or dare thing, they are trying to, like, convince the rest of the group. But, of course, they're not. Um, But Marky is, like, pissed because she's been outed as a stupid hoe. And so so she gets a text that says, um, you know, it dares her to make good on a promise and like actually break Lucy's hand. So Lucy is like, you know, very convinced that it's real. Her friend, not so much, but she goes and grabs a hammer and she's like, look, you just got to fucking do it. Cause I don't want to see what's going to happen if you don't do it. And, you know, even though her friend's pissed, she still doesn't want to, you know, break her hand with a hammer. And so she like taunts her. She's like, don't tell me you're a fucking coward. Just like your dad. And so he hits her in the hand and it, it breaks her hand. And they all go to the emergency room and the gay guy is standing at a vending machine when he starts hearing like the demon voices and his cop dad shows up and his face goes weird and he's like, tell me the truth. And so he comes out to his dad. Um, we don't see it, but apparently it went okay. So now it is the, the hot boyfriend's turn, you know, Um, and he is currently in his, uh, med school interview on campus. And so they all like go to where they know he's being interviewed and they stand outside the door and he like almost gets out, but then, you know, the interviewer locks the door and is like, truth or dare. And, um, she asks, is it true that you've been forging prescriptions? Um, and he said, no, I've never done that. And then he stabs himself in the eye with a pin. And so another one bites the dust. Um, The group decides that like, okay, we just need to choose truth all the time. We just need to choose truth and then nothing bad can happen, which is like every girl at a slumber party knows this rule. You just, you never go with dare because why, why would you? What secrets do you even have? Nothing like this group. Um, But so this hot girl has you know lost her boyfriend and she was already prone to day drinking but now she's like really going in on it you know who can blame her and she like goes to sleep in someone's bed and she wakes up looking for more booze and while the rest of the group does research like it can save them um they um they're learning about this girl from the beginning of the movie who set fire to that gas station and apparently the authorities are still looking for her um, and Lucy like finds her Facebook and finds a picture with, of her with the guy that she met in Mexico, the guy that like led them to that castle and made them play that fucked up game. So upstairs, drunk girl throws up in the toilet. And when she looks into the mirror, um, the smiley face is looking back at her and she tries to choose truth. But they're like, oh, no, no, no. You don't know how this works. So um, they dare her 
to apparently walk along the edge of the roof while drinking a handle of vodka until it is all finished. And so when they find her out there, um, a couple of them grab a cushion and they're just like walking along the edge of the house in case she falls, they can catch her. Um, but then they like, they wrap around and then they realize they've got this like high pokey fence and they can't open it somehow. It's locked. I guess it's a fence that's connected to their house that they don't actually have access to. So Lucy decides to like knock over the fence with her car and it's like, yeah, give the drunken girl a little extra jostle. That's exactly what she needs. But it's like, you know, she almost like falls to her death, but they are able to save her. Um, and then the, um, girl from Mexico responds to uh, their Facebook message and they go to meet her and she is an absolute mess and they're just like talking to her in this alley and she's just like where's Olivia which one of you is Olivia and they're like how do you even know our name like we made a fake profile to find you so like what do you mean but she's like you know going nuts she has been through it but um once she find out finds out who Olivia is she takes the takes a gun out of her pocket and goes to shoot her but drunk girl jumps right in front of it and just takes a bullet for her friend <laughs> very noble um and then because she didn't properly carry out her dare um the girl then shoots herself in the head and so then um we are back at a at a, at a police precinct and lucy is talking to a very serious buttoned up detective in a dark office and it seems like they're very like forthcoming with everything that has been happening to them but of course it sounds crazy you know so later they're still doing research like it can save them and lucy goes upstairs to get her computer charger and then sees the homeless guy that she had given a dollar to earlier that day he like chokes her from behind and asks her truth or dare and when he like comes to he like runs away um, but he apparently dares her to sleep with Marky's scorned ex-boyfriend. So now it's really getting interesting. Um, and what they found out before, um, before that girl had shot herself, she told them that like they had added a rule to their truth or dare called two truths and a dare, where which means that like only two people in a row can choose to do truth after that they are the next person is forced to do a dare which is why the drunk girl was forced to do a dare even though she chose truth and so lucy says that she chose dare because she didn't want the next person to have to choose dare but apparently she actually chose dare because she has a super crazy secret that she cannot tell her best friend which is like girl you know it's gonna come out eventually like just who who would even attempt to keep a secret in a situation like this I, I i don't understand it you know but this is the girl from pretty little liars you know secrets 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 so <clears throat> anyway marky leaves because she doesn't want to have to be in the same house while her ex-boyfriend and her best friend are hooking up especially because she knows that they have feelings for each other um so anyway they hook up and like as i guess as soon as like the climax is over you know lucy hale's face goes all smiley and she chokes him and she says who are you truly in love with and he's you know he's in love with the friend even he's in love with the girl that's been cheating on him all this time because it's like obviously he wouldn't have stayed with her if that weren't the truth but you know so the friend is off somewhere and she's watching that video of her dad again when the video starts, you know, asking her truth or dare. Um, and it asks her, why do you keep the gun I killed myself with? And she says, because sometimes I think about using it and he tells her to go get it. So they must not be that far from Mexico because Lucy and the scorned ex-boyfriend, they drive down to Mexico um and she reiterates that no one can ever know the secret and at this point you know i have to assume that she either fucked her friend's dad or she killed him but either way they're going to find this nun and her granddaughter opens the door and says that her grandmother hasn't spoken a word in 50 years um but she'll talk to her and so after a while they finally let them in and she's like written a couple pages for them and you know is telling this story about how she lived in this convent and um, the priest there was like a fucking disgusting asshole and apparently would like play hide and seek with the nuns and whichever one he found, he would 
rape, it seems. And apparently uh, one time they called upon a demon to possess their game. Apparently that's possible because demons can possess ideas. So this demon Calix like possessed the nun that he found. And so when he tried to attack her, um, the demon like killed him and cut him up into like several pieces, right? Uh, after this, slowly all of the nuns start dying. Um, and apparently the only way she was able to get the demon to go away was to make a sacrifice by cutting off her tongue and putting it into this pot. And, you know, they show her like what the pot looks like. And Lucy is like, oh shit, I actually saw one of those. It was like all busted up. But, um, yeah, apparently this, this old woman's tongue had been in this jar for years, until this asshole goes into this church with a bunch of his friends and starts making a mess of everything and they break open this jar and then the demon gets released and so then when they play truth or dare the demon gets attached to their game and then that guy had to rope in other people to play the game because he thought if he roped more people in he would be free but no it just it just dooms more people right so them the old lady, they also, she also gives them like a spell. So this spell, like they have to say it seven times and then like make the sacrifice and, and, and then the demon will be back where it belongs or whatever. So they learn this and they go to bring the good word back home and the gay guy, um, it's his turn next. So he is outside with his dad when his dad essentially dares him to grab his gun and make him beg for his life. So this kid grabs his cop dad's gun and starts pointing it at his face in broad daylight saying, you have to beg, you have to beg. And the dad is just, <laughs> I guess, not begging properly. Um, and before we know it, the kid gets shot in the back by another cop that saw what was happening. So yet again, in a hospital Lucy gets dared to tell her best friend and like all of these I just keep the dry food out for my dog in case she gets a little peckish because she mostly just waits for the wet food in the afternoon but um if she's gonna crunch on that dry food best believe it's when I'm recording and when it will absolutely irritate me the most thanks girl you're doing great um so anyway we're back in a hospital and like the way this keeps happening is it's like someone's face like turns into that smile and only the person whose turn it is can like see it or hear it everyone else just thinks something normal is happening so lucy picks dare right because she still has this crazy secret we don't know what it is but um of course <laughs> she gets dared to tell the secret which is the classic classic thing you know anyone who's ever been to a sleepover knows that like if you really want to get the truth out of someone you can just dare them to tell it you know <laughs> it is the the oldest loophole in the book so lucy finally does and it's like you could have done this on your own volition like before and it wouldn't be such a big fucking deal but no so now we learn that apparently lucy was there the night her dad killed himself Apparently, she had gotten into a fight with her parents, so she went to her friend's house. Friend wasn't there, but dad was. He was drinking, offered her a drink. She didn't say, like, how old she was when this happened. I mean, it made me think that, like, it was... Because they live together now, so perhaps before college even started, um, like, in high school. I don't know, because the further back you go, the creepier it is. Um, and the longer she's had to keep the secret, so yikes. But apparently... They started drinking. He came on to her. It's unclear whether or not they like hooked up, but basically it ended with Lucy telling this guy who sounds disgusting um, that like, you know, she basically threatened to tell her friend what happened between them and he like begged her not to. And he, he was like, I'd rather die than have her know about this. And she said, well, we'd all be better off if you were dead. And so she tells him that. And then later he ends up killing himself. So that was the big secret, right? Anyway, next time Lucy finds Marky, she's like looking through her like shoebox of old photos of her and her dad, where she also keeps the gun that he used to kill himself. And when Lucy finds her, she's just like staring down the barrel of this gun and she has to like beg her not to kill herself. They decide that they're going to go find this guy, the uh, the supposed nice guy who met Lucy at the bar, who roped them into this whole game. They need to find him. And because he's the one who uh, knocked over that jar in the first place, um, he needs to cut off his fucking tongue. So they go to find him. They kick down his door. 
they tell him that they have to go back to that old church and he definitely doesn't go quietly but they've got a gun so you know they they make him and they go back to that spooky church they hand him a knife they don't tell him what's going on. They hold the gun to his head and they make him recite this spell seven times. And as he starts doing it, the building just starts like crumbling around him. But in the middle of this, the uh, scorned boyfriend gets dared to kill either uh, Lucy or the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend. And so he's trying to like separate himself. Um, but then his voice or then his face goes all smiley and um, something's about to happen. So they like hold him down and then they tell the guy that he has to cut off his tongue, um, which of course he is resistant to, but eventually does. It doesn't work. I, I'm, I'm kind of confused about what happened here because he cuts off his tongue, but I don't think it makes it into the jar. And like right after he cuts off his tongue, the uh, the scorned boyfriend like stabs him for some reason. I don't really even know. And so he dies before the like sacrifice can be made. So the game is still going and he was the only one who could end the game and now he's dead. So uh, I don't know. Um, the corpse like dares Marky to shoot Lucy. And when her face goes all smiley, Lucy it tries to like talk to the demon. She says truth truth or dare and it's like I'm not playing and she's like oh yeah you are truth or dare. And so the demon <laughs> answers truth and she says how do we um get out of this game alive? And it says that you can't because you know that guy was the only one who could finish it and now he's dead. Um so I so the only course of action they can think of now is for Lucy to take a video of herself and put it on the internet. So she takes a video of herself, explains what happened, and at the end of the video, she's like, I'm sorry, but I have to ask you, truth or dare? And I guess she's lucky because this ends up going like mega viral, and now everyone in the world is wrapped up in this game. So I guess the game hasn't ended. Like, they're still in it. They're just... um they won't have a turn for a while because now the whole world isn't on it with them. I don't know, but it is really, you know, it, it did come down to, yeah, between you and the world, I choose you. Like she chose her best friend, but I'm, st I just, I don't know. I'm confused as to how it's going to work out. The lore in this one is, is very shaky, but anyway, she really, uh, she really said, fuck everyone else. I really need my slutty best friend to know that like, I care about her, which, yeah, so <laughs> there you go. So those are our movies today. Um, I love that both of these films captured the essence of intense late night slumber party games and that it can really come down to a moral dilemma and really bond you as friends. <laughs> Um, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, but it, there is more to this, uh, subgenre, I think too, like, you know, you've even got Ouija boards, I think can fall under the same category. Um, you know, we had bodies, bodies, bodies like a year and a half ago. That was all about a slumber party game. One that I'd never heard of. I don't know if, um, it actually exists outside of that movie, but that was a fun one. Um, you know, will they ever make a, a light as a feather, stiff as a board movie? I would love to see that. You know, what about like Bloody Mary? Things like that. Um, scary stories to tell in the dark. I think that falls under that category as well. But um, yeah, nothing better. I mean, Slumber Party Vibes is kind of what I um, want my whole life to be like. I just uh, like hanging out and gossiping and watching movies and wearing slippers. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful and safe weekend. Don't forget you can follow me on my Instagram um, and also check out the website. And I've got a blog there if you're interested in that. Um, sign up for the newsletter if you feel so inclined. And I hope to see you all next week. Okay, bye.